marriage, rainbows, and my daddy on this episode of Pushback. you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone. It's Dr. Johnny here, and this is another episode of Pushback. You know, I've sort of been talking about revival the last couple weeks and, and making a difference and standing out and being that one person in history that uh, represents heaven and allows heaven to work through you. And uh, it's been fun talking about just the hope and the vision uh, for our country, for our society, for our culture. And it's been it's been so fun to go through those things. However, I'm going to take a little departure today and talk about uh, very specific issues that have me that has me very fired up. Um, angry could be the right word. Uh, you can decide or judge by the end of this podcast what you think my uh, my my position is and my overall demeanor uh, in regards to this topic today. Uh, but I think it's important and I'm going to uh, kind of more go for the jugular today in, in regards to some things that I believe have, have been stolen from us. You know, there have been studies that show that injustice or things taken from you or uh, not rightfully given something that belongs to you um, is, is one of the highest forms of human emotion. It fires up our limbic system. And, and I feel like the more I think about this topic, the more my limbic system is just fired up. And uh, so I'm going to try to be respectful. I'm going to try to do this with honor. Um, but make no mistake about it, uh, this topic is something that um, may seem trivial, um, but I want to wrap it up in the end and tell you why I'm so fired up about these things. This podcast is entitled Marriage, Rainbows, and My Daddy. It's kind of an interesting title. Um, I do want to give a little disclaimer that there probably will be some uh, sexual con content uh, talked about in this um, podcast, so parental discretion is advised. However, I always say that I believe that this podcast is very appropriate for teenagers, and you'll find out why in this podcast, why I believe that it is so important that teenagers hear these things, have discussions with you, uh, and are able to defend what they believe uh, and have you exposed to some things that they do or don't believe. It's a, it's the responsibility of parents to be the ones that give the preemptive strike that know these things before their children even know it. I'm going to share some things with you today that may raise your eyebrows, things you didn't know, but I can almost promise you that your kids probably know or have a whiff of anyway. I want to talk about these three words, marriage, rainbow, and daddy, in regards to who they belong to and what the word is for. I want to start with the word marriage. I'm not going to go deep diving on this word, but my wife and I teach on family. We teach on marriage. We teach on parenting. And so this is critically important to us. And in words 
matter. The meanings of words matter. Uh, why we do things matter. Understanding why things were given to us matters. And so we need to lean into some of these things when the culture is going in one direction and we're actually looking to push back, when we're actually looking to dig our heels in and not allow the current of culture to sweep us away. But we can be the ones that actually stand up for culture, stand up for the things that are true and are right in our society and our culture and be the torchbearers, be the one, be the, the standard of which heaven sent us in the first place. So I want to talk about the word marriage. You think, well, that's not a very interesting word. Marriage has been around since the Garden of Eden, in my opinion. It's been around thousands and thousands of years. And yet, of course, today, the word marriage is being redefined in every possible way. Uh, it's being pushed. It's being changed. It's being attempted to, to be altered um, by the current culture. Now, if you listen to my previous podcast, you will know that I am not only sympathetic to the LGBT community, but I'm actually compassionate towards them as a community most likely in pain and actually in needing of help. Now, that doesn't mean that I promote their way of life, nor do I feel like their way of life is beneficial. The Bible says all things are permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And so the father actually gives us boundaries and ways to live because he loves us and he's a good father and good fathers give us a boundary in which to live because in that boundary, we can operate in complete freedom and health outside of that boundary. We actually operate in, in chains and in, in restriction and in misery and it makes us sick. And so what kind of father would would want you to live into that place. Now he's a father that also gives you free will and get and allows you to make choices for yourself. And so I, I, I honor and respect that. And so in our society, I do respect the fact that not everybody sees the world through the same lens that Dr. Johnny does clearly. And so I, I recognize that and I honor that. And there is some quote unquote freedom in the fact that they are free in America to live as they will. However, there are also words and things connected not only to the Judeo-Christian um, tradition and the way in which we believe that we were brought up, but there's actually words that have been actually given to society for a reason and for a purpose. And one of those words is the word marriage. And so here's the deal. Calling something marriage does not make it marriage. And so in many of the states in our union, same-sex marriage, quote-unquote, is what we would call legal. Now, because something is legal doesn't always mean that it is or has become. See, marriage has always been a covenant between a man and a woman. The word covenant is going to come up frequently in this podcast which is by its nature ordered toward the procreation and education of children and the unity and well-being of the spouses. That's the purpose of what we have traditionally called marriage. So if a group of people come along and say, I want to call this also marriage, the problem isn't what they want to do or how they want to live 
or, or how they want to express their life or their sexual identity or any of those things. They are actually free to do those things. I just object at what they are doing and calling it marriage. That's where we as ambassadors of heaven need to draw the line. We need to come up and say, wait a minute. I understand you are free to do what you want to do and to behave in the way you want to behave, but your actions actually don't, don't, um, it doesn't compute or summate into what we would actually refer to as marriage. See, the promoters of same-sex, quote-unquote, marriage propose something entirely different. They propose the union between two men or two women, and this denies the self-evident biological, physiological, psychological differences between men and women, which find their complementary in marriage. It also denies the very specific primary purpose of marriage, which is the perpetuation of the human race and the raising of children. Two entirely different things cannot be considered the same thing. And so, my friends, if we know a couple, a homosexual couple who are quote unquote married, heaven does not see them as married. Now, I want to clarify that comment by saying there are some heterosexual couples who claim to be quote married that heaven probably doesn't see as married as they have devastated and blown up their covenant as well. See, it's the view of heaven that matters, and we are his apostle, we are his ambassadors, so we actually need to understand what he has actually sent us to promote, which is marriage between a man and a woman, and that is called marriage. That is what a covenant is created for, and that was described in the, in the very beginning of his book. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. They became the first married couple right from the very beginning, and he made them male and female. So we understand that. We understand that from a Christian perspective, certainly, from a biblical perspective, certainly. But the paragraph I just read didn't talk about Jesus or the Bible. This talks about the construct of marriage within a society and what we call marriage in society, in our country. So it's not marriage. It violates natural law. Marriage is not just any relationship between human beings. We could extrapolate that over and over and over again. It will necessarily be raised by one party who has no blood relationship with him. A homosexual marriage is, is, actually, is actually deprived of either a mother or father if they want to promote and have children. So again, this isn't lamb-blasting the LGBT community. This is taking what's ours and focusing the argument not on how they behave, which is always what wants to be the argument, or how they feel, which is how they, how they always want to frame the argument, but about something that's very, very precious, and that is the word marriage. And so you may listen to some of my podcasts and you may say, well, Dr. Johnny is kind of soft toward the LGBT community. And the reason I'm, I've maybe appeared soft is the fact that I love them and I see them as a hurting community. And I believe that the actual left liberal society has actually abandoned them and did one of the most cruel things they could ever do and say, I know that you're in pain and you have identity problems, but we're just going to call that normal, sweep it under the rug and not worry about it anymore. 
So I have compassion. I believe that we are here to actually inject ourselves into society to actually create real healing for the people that we love, for the people that he loves. And just because society moves in and, and, and somebody assigned a piece of paper into law does not make it marriage. And so we need to understand what marriage is. We need to focus on our own marriages. We need to make marriage strong, vital, uh, the most important human relationship on this earth. We need to prioritize it. We need to strengthen it. We need to display it. We need to advertise it. We need to promote it. We need to tell people how great it is. And we need to covet the word marriage. We need to protect it. In its importance. And so those that are just waving the rainbow flag can can do whatever they want to do. But my argument is what they're doing is just not called marriage. You can you can have a team playing soccer on a soccer field, and you can have somebody come up and say, Well, this looks very familiar. I think what we would like to do is do kind of the same kind of game, but we would actually like to play it on ice with skates and sticks and pucks. And we would like to also call that soccer. <laughs> and I'm saying, well, that's fine. You can play any sport you want, but this is what soccer is. This is how soccer is defined. It's played on grass with the ball. So you can play a sport that looks similar, but isn't exactly the same, but you need to call it something different. So I mentioned the rainbow flag, which brings me to topic number two, the rainbow. I believe that the rainbow is one of the most important covenant signs that a father gave to his children. And a covenant isn't something to be trifled with. We just talked about the marriage covenant. But when the father himself creates a covenant with his people, it's not something we shrug our shoulders and say, oh, the rainbow is such a cute little sign. And we see it on the Noah's Ark picture in our nurseries of the rainbow over the ark. No, it's a bigger deal than that. And the LGBT community once again has taken the rainbow for their own symbol. And I would like to argue I'm fired up about the fact that they can't have it. <laughs> the rainbow flag was created in 1978 by an artist, designer, Vietnam War veteran and drag performer. He commissioned to create he was commissioned to create a flag by another gay icon, politician Harvey Milk, for San Francisco's annual Pride Parade. The different colors within the flag are meant to represent togetherness, since the LGBT people come in all races, ages, and genders, and rainbows are both natural and beautiful. No argument for me on that. But what does a rainbow represent? In Judeo-Christianity, the rainbow is associated with God's protection, as it is described in the book of Genesis, as a sign of the covenant between God and man. Genesis 9, as 9 verse 7, As for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply the, on the earth and increase upon it. God talking to Noah. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth, I establish my covenant with you. Never again 
will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures and every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. I think he says the word covenant four, five, six times in one paragraph. I think it might be important. Covenants and signs of the covenants, covenants between God and man are not to be trifled with. It's ours. The sign and the rainbow is ours. If you took a poll today, what does the rainbow mean? I am confident that the LGBT community has have kidnapped it, have taken it, have sequestered a sign, a natural sign of beauty, that's true, but that actually came from God. There was an atmospheric shift that took place in Noah's time. There was a firmament over the face of the earth. The firmament actually broke open. And I believe that the radiation from the sun has has aged us now more prematurely when they were living hundreds and hundreds of years, life expectancy gradually decreased. And after the catastrophic flood, there was an, there was an atmospheric change that actually allowed a rainbow. We understand the scientific principle of a rainbow and how it forms, but it came after the flood. And it was a sign of a loving God who wanted to connect with us and wanted to promise us that his word is always true. And so, my friends, we cannot and should not relinquish what is ours, and they do not get to have it. Which brings me to my third word. This has gotten me so angry. The word is daddy. Daddy is one of the most precious, promising, powerful words in the human language. And interestingly, the word daddy was started in the gay Culture. It's a slang term meaning typically an older man sexually involved in a relationship or wanting sex with a younger male. The term has increasingly been applied to heterosexual relationships as well. It can sometimes have connotations of submission in a sexual act. And they said, why? It's similar to sir or master, but that doesn't, they say, have the same affectionate tone to it. Daddy is more warm and reflects warmth and proximity and, 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 and intimacy in the relationship. So women some ca sometimes call their men daddies because they're submitting to them and they see them as powerful. It's so perverted as I mentioned, we speak on family and, and the, I'm trying to keep my emotions under control here. We speak on family and the key relationship in all of family is a relationship with our daddy. 
Now, why don't we call him Father, Heavenly Father? Well, it actually goes back to Romans chapter 8. It says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. The word Abba is a familiar word that a Hebrew child would use for his father. It's the equivalent of Papa or Daddy. The actual best interpretation of the word Abba would surprise you is actually Dada. It's a sweet relationship between you and your daddy. And this verse is saying that when you understand your sonship and, and who you are and what Jesus came to pay for and the price of his blood, that, that you will have a manifestation that's within you that will not help to be able to cry out, Daddy. Daddy is our word. It's a, it's, it's a word of intimacy. It's a word of, of fellowship between a, a father and his children. And it's precious. And they can't have it. The secular perverted world cannot have that word. Galatians 4, 4, but when the full time has, fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent his spirit of his son into your hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you an heir. Abba. Abba is what comes out. It's called Daddy. And, and we may think that we're reverent by calling him Heavenly Holy Father, and there's nothing wrong with that, but he's actually saying that there is an intimacy that he is calling for us to climb up on his lap. And it blows my mind that there is such perversion and distortion of even this word in a time when our society is more fatherless now than it has ever been. And there is a desperation and a hunger for a real right relationship with a father who is being offered to you through the blood of Jesus. And now it's being sexually perverted and turned away to the point where people are now struggling with even calling him dad, daddy, papa, because it now has a different connotation to it. My friends, they do not get to pervert this word. We need to stand. We need to stand up. When this man made the rainbow flag, where was the outcry? Where, where were the people of God standing up and saying, that's our symbol, pick a different one? Where were the people standing up that says, you are free to do whatever you want to do. Just don't call it marriage because that belongs to us. And daddy is a word that is so precious. It's so needed. It is actually the answer. He is the answer. And the word daddy is the answer to all of life's problems. So these people who are operating in sexual perversion, guess what? They are actually looking for a real daddy. A real daddy. They are looking for true intimacy that can only be found through one, the Father himself, who gave everything, bankrupt heaven, and actually sent his son to die on the cross and shed his blood so that we once again get to call him daddy.
And I will not waver on that. I will stand up and shout wherever I need to shout that that is not a word that gets to be, gets to be translated any other way. Any other way. Marriage, rainbow, and daddies, they all belong to us. They are all precious words. They are all powerful words. And we cannot, we cannot compromise, bury our head in the sand, and watch the secular world take these things from us that are precious. They are free to live life. They are free to make mistakes. They are free to live outside of the Father's boundaries. They are free because he set it up that way. That doesn't make me angry at them. That doesn't make me dishonor them. But they don't get to take these words that belong to us, that are precious to us, that are defined by him, and that we convey here on this earth. Marriage, rainbows, and daddies. I will not compromise on those. And I'm asking you to not compromise either. Please, my friends, my children knew about daddy. <laughs> they knew about it. You might not have ever known that, that it's being perverted and now daddy means something else. But talk to your kids. Talk to them about it. Tell them that's not a word that needs to be compromised and they can use the word daddy boldly, <laughs> boldly and effectively because it is the one word that Jesus came to actually usher us back into and up on his lap. It's the one word that transforms us all and can transform this culture with just one exposure to a real daddy's love. Thank you for listening to my emotion this week. It felt good to get that off my chest. <laughs> I've been pent up all week ready for this podcast because I knew I'd be fired up and emotional over it. So thank you for listening to me and to my heart. I would love to hear your feedback about this. These are just three words. I know there are other ones. Would you like to share some other thoughts, other words that have been taken from us that we get to take back, that we get to fight and keep? Words that have shifted, that have moved, that the secular world have, has either dumbed down, dulled, or removed, or changed, or evolved. If you come up with some other ideas, would you go to pushbackculture.org, pushbackculture.org, and leave me some suggestions or other ones that we can even talk about. I would love to have those discussions with you going forward. Thank you for listening again this week. And now let's go together to set and shape the culture. <laughs>